I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Congratulations. You found it. You know what time it is. This is New York Game Day. It's three hours of the most informative and entertaining NFL news in the league. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you. And for the first two hours, giant great Matthias Kiwanuka, defensive lineman, Super Bowl winner, joins us now on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, Kiwi. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Got a win, didn't we? Got a win. Who called it? Who called it? <laughs> Not me. Who called it? I called it. You guys were silent. It was awkward silence for a good five seconds. I had to, you know, G- Bueller, anyone, anyone. Um, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I got enough, 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 to enough tooting my own horn. But you're absolutely right. So the Giants come into week two uh, with a impressive win against the Tennessee Titans. More importantly, uh, Daniel Jones, besides that bonehead interception that he threw, other than that, um, under pressure, by the way, Daniel Jones had the most pressure of any quarterback in week one. Uh, Giants fans, be aware of that, okay? And still was able uh, to, uh, to, to to have a, a very solid showing in week one against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, as for the Jets, not so great, right? Uh, unfortunately, they lose. No surprise there. We all had the Jets losing and then now have to go on the road uh, to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and uh, Miles Garrett, and that's going to get ugly, no doubt. But uh, let's start first things first. Uh, as again, the Giants coming off of a win against the Tennessee Titans, twenty-one twenty, and a gutsy call by Brian Table. Um, your your thoughts when he said, "Let's go for it." He established the personality of his team. You know, that was something that I that we talked about. You know, when we were asking, you know, what what are the keys or what do we want to see in this game? He established a personality. You know, and you could see by the way that the guys were celebrating around him. Um, you know, Saquon stepped up, became, in my opinion, the leader of, of this team. Um, but everybody was bought in. They believed in it. They believed in the call. They believed in the coach. It's like, wow, you could, you could tell when a team has full faith in, you know, the game plan and in the people who are in charge of putting that together. And it was, it was fun to watch. Yeah. It was fun to watch. And and I love the pe- the press conference, right? When he was just like, I asked the guys, you want to go for it? And they, <laughs> right? Like you, you love, like, you know, we saw that last year with, uh, with Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Hey, you want to go for it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to go. Like what? how many guys are going to, let's be honest. Kiwi, I mean, you, you and I both played, you know, obviously uh, different. I'm not comparing my, my career to yours by any stretch of the imagination, but nonetheless played, you know, football. My, you, you still took the hits. <laughs> you got the injuries I, to prove it. Oh man. <laughs> Who are you talking to? You ain't lying. <laughs> but, um, but man, offensive coordinator, head coach ever said to me, you need to want to go for it. What? Hell yeah, man. Hell yep. to the yeah, I want to go. I mean, I said other things. I can. It's a family show. We get fired. But yeah, I'm going to go. Like, who doesn't want to go for it? So uh, so that was really, really, really exciting to watch. Uh, and and I'm, I'm excited for this new regime. I, I really am. I know it's a small sample size. Um, you know, I like what they did in the draft. Uh, everything that I hear, I, you know, you're still connected with the organization. 
you know, I worked for the organization for a good six, seven years with their broadcast team. I'm still connected with the organization and everything I hear is really great things about Brian Dable. So excited um, for uh, the new regime to be here. And we'll see what happens against Carolina today. Baker Mayfield, uh, he's coming in after a disappointing loss against his former team, the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, it, and, and Matt Rule on the hot seat, quote unquote, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk and speculation that last year he was going to lose his job. This, this is a head coach, A, who doesn't want to start the season 0-2, Kiwi. And also this is a quarterback who wants to, I'm, I'm certain, win after a very disappointing loss to his former team last week, right? Yeah, it, it's, they're, they're going to come out with a lot of incentive to, to win this game. And 0-2 and as opposed to 2-0 and is a huge difference when you're talking about how are you going to approach week three. So, you know, yes, it is a small sample size. Yes, it is the, you know, the beginning of the season. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves, but um, at the same time, as a player, you know what it is. You know, when you, you go in and you're 2-0 and your coach is, is making, you know, gutsy calls and, you know, you're partying in the, in the locker room, at that point, um, you know, everything is still on the table. Everything is an option. You're 0-2. And like you said, now all of a sudden, now you start seeing, oh, so-and-so's on the hot seat or, you know, are we going to have to make some switches, some changes? The mistakes, there were there were mistakes still made, even in the win, right? So even when the Giants win, there's a lot of mistakes that were made that need to be corrected, but you won the game. That That's one of the most important things of week one is just go out there and win the game. It, it's almost like a playoff situation where it's like, hey, look, like, you know, we got some guys who didn't make it out of training camp. We got some guys who are, you know, are, are learning a new system, learning possibly new positions, and we just have to do what we have to do to win the game. Now you go into week two, it's like, okay, there's a little bit of film on you. We're starting to figure out, people are going to start to figure out who you are. Can you get these corrections made? Can you get them made week to week and go out there and, and get a win? And we're going to see what both teams have. Um, also, you know, when th- this week, uh, unfortunately, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Thibodeau and Ojolari are listed as doubtful. Everything that I'm hearing is that more than likely they are not going to play. And even more so, Aaron Robinson. I think is a huge loss. Uh, had it, you know, uh, out because of an appendectomy, which, by the way, kind of weird. There's like at least five guys in around the NFL the last two weeks that uh, had to get their appendix removed. I don't know what's going on there, but nonetheless, um, Pro Football Focus had uh, Robinson as the as the Giants' number one corner over um, Adoree Jackson in Week One. So this is a huge loss, especially since they're going to have to go up against DJ Moore, who. I think is is very underrated. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who comes back to New York, very familiar with the stadium, very co- familiar with this field. I think he has a field day. And how about this? Ben McAdoo. Did you play under Ben McAdoo? I don't remember, Kiwi. Would, did, would, did they make the switch to McAdoo while you were still here or no? No, no, I was already gone. Okay. Um, so Ben McAdoo coming back to New York and uh, and has come out and said that they need to get Christian McCaffrey more involved. And let's be honest, this is a Giants linebacking crew who, no bueno, not good in coverage. So mm-hmm. just just matchup-wise, heading into this game does not look good for the Giants, Kiwi. Yeah, I think the biggest key there, you know, looking at it from, you know, my playing days is you got to be able to get home with four. You know, if you have uh, beat-up secondary, if you have questions at any level behind you, 
what that means is we're not going to be able to send extra guys with you. You're going to have to get home with four on the other side. You got to be able to block the four man rush, but that's very important because then it opens up the defense for, for whoever's calling the plays, you know, it opens up, you know, what they can do, you know, to provide assistance to somebody who's, you know, you know, maybe not the, the best or number one option on the team, but, at any point during the game, if we can rush for four and get a consistent pass rush, make sure if you're not getting a sack, he's getting hit in under three seconds, then then you're giving yourself a fighting chance. That's for sure. Uh, and, and let's take a look at what's going on with the Jets. Again, unfortunately, they lose to the Ravens 24 to nine. No surprise there. Uh, Joe Flacco getting another start. But here's the thing, Kiwi, you know, hosting Sports Talk Radio here in New York. Fans want Mike White. This is this is this is. <laughs> This is a team. This is a team. This is an organization. Like, like, what? What do you benefit? I, I, what do you benefit from starting Mike White? I mean, obviously, this team is starting Joe Flacco because they feel Joe Flacco gives the Jets a better opportunity to win. If you listen to the players in in, in their post practice uh, interviews with the media, it's evident Joe Flacco throws the best ball. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't like our our, our Jets fans so on the fence in regard to Zach Wilson that they want to see that, you know, maybe Mike White is a glimmer of hope. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand the clamoring. I don't understand the want for Mike White to start. Do you? I don't, I don't think that it's a serious um, long-term play. I think it's just built out of frustration and uh, you know, the, the status quo for, for what Jets fans have, um have experience right so they're just like hey just give us something give us give us something to to cheer about so that we don't have to watch this ship sink for another 17 however many games as it is but um if you're inside that locker room you know if you're the coach making the calls what you want to do is you want to put the the person um, who gives you the absolute best chance to win the game and right now i think it's flacco uh absolutely um you know, here's another thing, like another AFC North opponent. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but, you know, the, the NFL did the Jets no, no favors, right, especially w- w- pertaining to the schedule and that they had to play the Ravens. Now they're on the road taking on uh, Cleveland, and then, of course, uh, we'll have to take on Cincinnati and the Steelers uh, the next two games as well. Um, here, here's something that's right up your alley. Miles Garrett, he is one and a half sacks away from setting the franchise career record for the Cleveland Browns at 60 and a half sacks. He got to Baker twice last week. And how poetic is this, Kiwi? His first sack was against the Jets in 2017, right? The Jets gave up three sacks to the Ravens in week one. And let's, as we know, Joe Flacco, not your most mobile quarterback. And also Miles Garrett knows Joe Flacco from his time in Baltimore, so, by the way, the over-under for a sack for Miles Garrett is minus 175. What does that mean for folks listening that you might not wager a lot? It means you have to lay $175 down to win $100 if you mm. think Miles Garrett is going to get a sack on Joe Flacco. Um, I would do it. I, I think I think Miles Garrett, I, I think Miles Garrett is, is, is going to – I think he gets two sacks today. I was looking to see if there was a, a prop bet out there for over one and a half sacks – I couldn't find it as of yet. I don't know. Maybe as we get closer to game time, there will be one. But nonetheless, uh, talk about what that means for Miles Garrett. What do you think his mentality is coming into this game? He's home. Um, it's the home opener for Cleveland. It's against the first team that he got his first sack with. What, how is that all come into play today? Yeah, I think 
it's it's a big um it's it's a big deal right so i i have to go back to to college when i think about you know chasing records you know i was uh you know up there on the on the boards and the big east and then we switched to acc and then you know so we had school records and stuff like that and so they individual statistics do matter to the players what you do is you find a way once you get into the game to get back into game mode and figure out a way to play within the confines of the defense but all week leading up to it or or you know maybe even you know prior to it you know during the offseason he was you know this is something that he's been looking at and and has been focused on and and it's right there so there's extra energy there's extra effort that's going to be given there is extra attention to detail that that's going to be paid you know and and he and he deserves to get it I, and i believe i mean he's playing at a very high level has been for a very long time and and this is um a record that i believe will be broken this week but you you by the time you get to the game, you make sure that you don't go outside of the defense. You're not gonna, you're not gonna address the defense and and line up in a position where you're not supposed to, to to just to try to make a play. But at the same time, I mean, if you if you see a matchup that you want, you go to the sideline. Hey, coach, look, <laughs> put me over here on this side. I can I can get this guy. You find a way, and everybody on the team should be, you know, allowing him to do what he needs to do to get that record. He's Matthias Kiwanuka. I'm Anita Marks here on New York Game Day. Mike Tannenbaum, of course, joins us as always at 10 a.m. later on this morning. When we come back, Kiwi, I want your thoughts on what Robert Sala said earlier this week. He's keeping receipts. Keeping receipts. He's keeping receipts on what's being said, and he's going to shove them down your throat, Matthias Kiwanuka. So you better be careful. Don't, don't criticize my, that's my quarterback. Anyway, we're going to dive into this when we get back. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919. Wow, never a dull moment. Uh, 800-919-3776. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're just going to feel it. Uh, and, and in a way, it, it does just click where you're just stacking up day after day after day. And, and it's really, really cool when it does happen because it, it just absolutely pops off the tape. And, uh, and I know it's going to happen. And, I'm, and I'm take, we're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. And I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. Oh. Oh. 
New York Game Day on 98.7 so ESPN. Brought to you by FW Webb and Will McLean. Turn to one of FW Webb's 100-plus locations for unparalleled Will McLean inventory. Visit FWWeb.com and find a convenient location near you. Also brought to you by Slomans. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL to see how much you can save this winter on heating oil. And also brought to you by Bud Light. Make sure you enjoy your game. I know we've got some calls waiting. We'll get to you in just a second. But, uh, you know, Kiwi, here's, here's, my, here's my thing. Like, you know, as, as Bill, Parcell, Bill Parcells used to say, like, your record is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, the Jets have not been good for a while. Like, I have question marks whether or not you should have drafted Zach Wilson. Where you, I, think, I think there were better options at quarterback than Zach Wilson. Um, this is a team that has not been able to win. What is it? Four and 14 is, is Salah's record. Like, you know, to stand up there and I'm taking receipts and shove it down your throat. And I just, I, it it rubbed, like, it's funny. Like I'm not losing sleep over it, but it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm, I'm curious. Your coach says this, what does this do for you as a player for, for Robert Salah? What does this do for you in the locker room? What does this do for you heading into this game against the Cleveland Browns? Anything? I mean, it's it's not going to change my approach to the game. It's not going to make me feel, um, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling inspired by him t- saying he's taking receipts. But I do like the fact that he he stood up and you know didn't back down or cower away from the media. He said what whatever was on his chest. Like, you know, that's that's the point that I'm taking is that, you know, if he feels a certain kind of way, he's going to let you know about it. And as long as that is consistent through you know, each meeting room and through each practice, then, then it means something. Cause I can, then I can look at this guy and be like, you know what? He's a real dude. Like he's going to say what he really feels in the moment, regardless of if there's a microphone in his face or not. Yeah. He might have to edit it and cut the curse words out and whatnot. I'm not looking at this as something that's going to inspire me. What I'm thinking is, all right, look, like, like he's on our level. He gets it. He understands, he understands the, you know, the, you know, how everybody is is talking about us and we want to change that narrative. But if I'm in that locker room and I believe in his, you know, his way of thinking, I believe in his coaching, I believe in the in the game plans, and that's a good thing. If I don't, then that's a whole nother problem. So you gotta you gotta be able to um to be consistent with that narrative all across the board in order to um, make that into a positive thing. Cause there's nothing you could say, there's nothing you could say to the media that's going to really change the outcome of the game, unless the players feel as though you're being authentic. Does that make sense? Of course it does. Of course it does. 800-919-3776. All I have to say is he's got a lot of receipts on me then. He's got a lot of, (laughs) and, and, I, I hear he's a really good golfer, and at one point in time, I was I, I I'd love to golf with him. He'd probably decline at this point in regard to the number of receipts that he has on me. Let's go to Ira in Cleveland. Um, Ira, welcome in. You're at the game. Hey, good morning. Great. Yes, yes. So make, yep, yep. Looking forward to it. Looking nice day, and uh, good morning to both of you. I, I, I tell you the truth. Um, I understand the players. They, that's actually a plus for the players. They're going to get his back. I understand that. But it's the New York media, and you, you just really can't go after the fans. And unfortunately, I think he'll probably learn from his mistake. I think it'll be a little different. I'm sure he's frustrated. But at the end of the day, I, I, I can't worry about this stuff. I got to worry about the game. 
And this is a game where as critical as week two could be, this is critical for the Jets. They could not come back 0-2 with what's going on for the rest of the schedule the next three, four, five weeks. So 0-2 could easily turn into 1-6. and So this is a game where you have to go in. You, you know the MO, man. Stop, contain the run, and make Brissett beat you. And if you could do that, and if you could somehow give Flacco some type of protection where he has like maybe two seconds to throw the ball and you could establish a run, you should be able to squeak out a victory here. I know the Browns are tough. I think the defense is probably better than the Ravens. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I don't trust the quarterback situation. And this is a must. The Jets start off 0-2. It's going to get very ugly around New York. Ira, thanks for the phone call. Kiwi, thoughts? Yeah, we. It, I understand the sentiment, but it's mainly because of the history of this organization, right? So if if a if a historically good team starts off 0-2, you think, oh, they're they started off rough, you know, they can always come back. But when it's a team like the Jets and they start off 0-2, everybody's ready to throw in the bag. That's why I think you see these these chants for Mike White, Mike White, and everything like that. Like everybody's just they're assuming the worst, and the only people who have control of it is the people are the people in the locker room, and so. You know, when he comes out and makes the comments, I don't I don't necessarily think he's going at the fans. I don't think he's he's, um, you know, doing something malicious. I think it's just, you know, he's a competitor, you know, and, and it is frustrating to go out there and to give your all and to, you know, to lose sleep and miss time with your family and to, you know, be physically exhausted, mentally, emotionally exhausted and then and then not have people appreciate your efforts that's really difficult. But at the same time, this is the NFL, man. Like you got to win. Like we want, we want a championship. This is not just the NFL. This is New York media. Like he said, so you have to, you have to put yourself in a position to win games and the expectations are going to be very high. So I see, I can understand the frustration on both sides, but at the end of the day, you just got to win and who he needs to win over are the people in the locker room. And I don't think you do that through the media. I think you do that day to day, um, you know, by having them buy into what it is that you're selling. 800-919-3776. Quick break. Uh, We come back. Rich Samini is going to join us here on New York Game Day. As we know, does a phenomenal job covering the Jets, uh, and he has for quite a while. We'll get the latest from Rich Samini when we come back. Anita Marks with you. Matthias Kiwanuka. This is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Game day here at 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks and, uh, of course, uh, Matthias Kiwanuka. This portion of the show brought to you by uh, Bud Light. 
That's right. Know your game. It's here. Enjoy responsibly. Crisp in cold Bud Light. Also, it's Inside the Numbers on New York Game Day, brought to you by Eisner Amper. And we bring in, of course, Rich Samini, who always does a phenomenal job covering the Jets for ESPN. Good morning, Rich. How you doing? Good morning from Cleveland. How you guys doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, great. We're great. We're great. All right, let's look back before we look forward. Unfortunately, uh, the Jets lose to the Ravens 24-9. to Unfortunate. Uh, and then Robert Sala comes out. You know, obviously a lot of folks very critical of this Jets team. Um, they didn't make their own schedule. The fact they have to go up against the AFC North the first four weeks, I think, uh, does them no favors. But nonetheless, not expected to win today. Browns are favored by quite a lot. But Robert Sala comes out and, and says he's taking receipts. I know you were there in the room. I'm assuming you were there in the room, Rich, when he said that. Were you surprised that Robert Sala went there? I was in the Zoom room, if, we, if you want to call it a room. It was Okay, a okay. It's a room. It's a room. It's a room. In, in our world, it's a, it's, a, it's a room now. And, yeah, I was really surprised. Um, it's an unfortunate comment. I, I think it touched a nerve, obviously, among fans, although I think it was mostly directed at media. I don't think it mm-hmm. was really fans, but they took offense to it. And uh, I, he admitted a couple of days later that he got caught in a passionate moment and maybe let his emotions get the best of him. So he tried to, I don't I don't want to say he tried to walk it back. I think he tried to explain it differently on Wednesday. But when I heard it on Monday, first thing I think I'm thinking of is th- this is a headline right away. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of. And, uh, you know, I've covered this stuff long enough to know that coaches in this town don't usually win battles when they pick fights with the media and fans. So that was a regrettable moment for Robert Sala. Strahan, Strahan won them, but <laughs> why, why, why do you think that the fans took it so personally? Because I, I was of the same vein. I didn't think that he was going at the fans. I thought it was more of a, a, a media thing. But why do you think Jets fans were so on edge or took it so personal? Well, first of all, they were in a bad mood because they lost the opener. And not only did they lose, but they just, you know, the team was out of it by the fourth quarter. So that's the first reason. Nothing, as you know, Kiwi and even Anita, I mean, there's, there's no more extreme reaction in sports than week one in the NFL. So mm-hmm. so that's why they were, fan base was down in the dumps to begin with. And he kind of touched a nerve, as I said, because this is a fan base that has suffered through 11 straight non-playoff seasons. You know, they have only, over that span, only one winning season. And I guess they felt he was kind of kicking dirt on them. You know, hadn't really shown much progress. This is a four and fourteen coach, and um, you know, and they really, they really went after him. It was, it was a tough week for Robert Sala, which really adds to the pressure of today's game for sure. No denying that, um, and, and a lot to dive into here. Here's another one for you. Obviously, Joe Flacco getting another start, but. In hosting Sports Talk Radio, um, if I had a dollar for every Jets fan who called in who was like, Mike White, why aren't we starting Mike White? Rich, answer that question because it's 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 a popular one here in New York. Oh, it's very popular. I've even heard some fans calling for Chris Trebler, the preseason hero. But yes, I mean, that is, yes. That is, just, that is just a ridiculous concept. Uh, he's on the practice squad. He's not a factor here, but... The, the white question is legitimate, but uh, I can tell you that Robert Sala never really even considered white this week. He wanted to go with Flacco. Flacco obviously did not have a good game last week, but I think when they broke down the tape, they saw that, you know, the problem, you know, some drop passes. I think there were four drop passes or a couple of fumbles. 
that pass protection wasn't great. And when, when in a clean pocket, he actually completed 72% of his passes when he was under no pressure, which ranked somewhere in the middle of the league. So based purely on that, they, they saw some potential there. He likes the way Joe handles the offense, his veteran experience. And I think White would be more of a consideration if he were a mobile quarterback. Now, while he's more mobile than Joe Flacco, but, you know, I think the fire hydrant on the corner is probably more mobile than Joe Flacco. (laughs) White is not a scrambler, so I don't think he brings that added dimension. Joe's got to get rid of the ball quicker. He held it too long. For some reason, he was staying on his first and second reads way too long, looking downfield. He should have hit his check down passes. He was just operating – almost like a, a split second behind. It was like a, it was almost like a radio interview. There was like a little delay with Joe. He was just he has to eliminate that delay against Cleveland because they have a very good defense. Is it is it a foregone conclusion that when Zach Wilson is healthy he comes back and he plays? Are we just, you know, um, you know, place holding for him to come back so that the season can get really going or um, are Flacco and possibly White legitimate options for this team at quarterback? No, Kiwi, it's going to be Zach Wilson when he comes back. Now, he's going to miss today. Obviously, he's already been ruled out. Uh, And then next week against Cincinnati. And if everything goes according to plan, he should be starting week four in Pittsburgh. And, you know, we saw him this week at practice for the first time. He was very limited, didn't do any team stuff. But, you know, saw him moving around in, in the individual drills, dropping back, throwing uh, I know some fans saw that on social media and are like, well, he should be playing this week. Well, you know, they're not going to rush him back. They've said that a thousand times. They're not going to rush him back. So they're going to give him another week and gradually build up his practice. But, no, they, I mean, they're not going – this is not a, uh, you know, Flacco-White situation. When, when Wilson's healthy, he'll play. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, talking all things Jets, getting you ready for the Jets-Cleveland Browns game later on this afternoon. You'll be able to listen to that right here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, uh, Dan Grouse and Greg Buttle will be coming your way with your Jets pregame show. Uh, you, you talk about this Cleveland Browns defense, and uh, this is a, this could be a milestone for Miles Garrett. I'm sure you're very well, well aware of this, Rich. One and a half sacks. It's all he needs to surpass and become the sack leader for this franchise uh, and Kiwi and I were talking about this earlier. We definitely think that they're going to be, um, you know, uh, game planning for that. Talk about this Jets offensive line. We know Joe Flacco's not mobile, as, as you pointed out just a second ago. Do you think Miles Garrett does get two sacks today against the Jets? I'd probably say yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is a guy who's a notorious Jet killer. I just tweeted this a short time ago. He's got eight career sacks in four games against the Jets. Um, that's the most that's like his favorite team the most sacks of any opponent you know which is crazy because he hasn't even played the Jets that much that's his most sacks against any opponent it's also the most sacks that the Jets have ever given up to any one player since the sacks became an official statistic in the early 80s so he's a jet killer he lines up mostly at right end so it's going to be George Fant's responsibility obviously he'll have some help the Jets need better play out of George Fant and Lakin Tomlinson. The left side of their offensive line was poor last week. They gave up, I think, about a combined 16 pressures. It, it was not good last week. The two veteran guys have to raise the bar a little bit. you know. And, of course, you got Jadavian Clowney on the other side and Max Mitchell, the rookie, who actually didn't do a bad job last week. So he'll probably see Clowney most of the day. 
I think the Jets recipe, you know, their answer for those two guys is they got to run the ball. I mean, they have to be able to run the ball. They threw 59 mm-hmm. times last week. That is insane. They have to get some balance on offense. Yeah, I didn't realize you got um, a struggling offensive team, a backup quarterback, and he's chasing a record. And he has clown. He has a great pass rusher opposite him every single time I, there, there's no way he doesn't he doesn't break this record this week and um you say you talked about them having to run the ball so let's talk about that like how do you stop chubbs and hunt well yeah major major i mean i think they the browns ran for over 200 yards last week and um they did a good job the jets the one positive uh, a couple of positives from last week's game their run defense was pretty good against baltimore i think they held them to 63 yards which Baltimore hadn't done in a long time. So you're thinking, well, if they held Baltimore to 63, they should be able to hold these two guys to 63. Well, completely different challenge. Last week, mm-hmm. mostly a gap scheme team with a quarterback who is just crazy dynamic in, in Lamar Jackson. This week, it's a zone-blocking team, so the cutbacks are going to be huge for, for Cleveland. That's how they get their yards. They just cut back. You know that zone scheme. And the Jets run it. It's, it's pretty much the same scheme the Jets run. And so gap discipline is going to be really important. They just have to – they can't get caught out of position because Chubb will be going left and then he'll be going right and then he'll be a lot of green – you know, a lot of, be a, a lot of uh, you know, sunlight or whatever you want to – green light to uh, pay dirt. So he has to uh, – they have to do a better job uh, in a different style running game today. Again, Rich Samini joining us. Rich, before I let you go, two quick questions. Uh, one is, give us an update in regard to uh, the health status. Uh, Uzoma, uh, from what I understand, uh, game time decision more than likely is not going to play. Who else can we expect that's going to be inactive today? Yeah, I don't expect C.J. Uzoma to play. He uh, tweaked a hamstring in practice on Thursday, and he was doubtful, but he, he's not going to play. They, In fact, they yesterday they elevated a tight end, Kenny Yaboa, from the practice squad to the active roster, which raises an interesting question now that you mention it. Um, I think there's a chance that uh, their third-round pick, Jeremy Ruckert, is going to be a healthy scratch for the second week in a row. So I, it looks like they'll go with Conklin, Yaboa and uh, Lawrence Cager at tight end. So that's certainly a question for Robert Sala. Why is Ruckert not getting in there? And uh, that is the key. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, who had a uh, ankle injury from last week's game, was going to be questionable this week, but uh, actually practiced and came back quicker than they thought. So I expect Jordan Whitehead to be out there. And last but not least, uh, I I know your latest column up on ESPN.com, the Jets site, uh, you've got Richard Sherman saying, don't count out Robert Sala. Obviously, you know, he played for Robert. I'm sure that uh, he's, uh, he's a huge fan of his, um, but you had an opportunity to, uh, to to speak to him. What what else did he say about Robert Sala? Yeah, obviously a huge fan. They were together in Seattle and in San Francisco where they had a lot of success, but where they also had some tough times too. They had two losing seasons in San Francisco, so it wasn't all, you know, glory, you know, between with the two of them. They went through some tough times, and I think he saw Sala in a different light, you know, going through some tough times. And he was fired up on the phone when I talked to Richard. I mean, he was really, you know, just, he said, don't bet against this guy. Uh, I go, wow, the fan base is, is on him pretty good right now. And, and he said it was just a motivational thing. He wanted to show his players publicly that he was behind them, that he had their back. That's why he made that receipt comment. 
He said uh, he's seen him work out of jams before. You know, he said extremely positive coach, which is what this team needs right now. So those were some of the comments that Richard Sermon uh, made to me the other day on the phone. And uh, like the headline says, he's not betting against them. Appreciate it, Rich. Thank you so much. Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, coming to us live from Cleveland. Appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy the game, Rich. All right, guys. Thanks. You got it. That's insane. That's Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Eisner Amper. Eisner Amper, a leading global business advisory firm, help you design a winning game plan for your business. Moving forward together, learn more at EisnerAmper.com. Also, this portion of the show brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. For pain-free life, visit SamuelPain.com today. When we come back, it's Matthias Kiwis keys to the game see what we did there that next and we'll continue with your calls 800-919-3776 anita marks matthias kiwanuka and you it is new york game day here on 90.7 espn new york game day with mike tannenbaum matthias kiwanuka and anita marks we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Time for Diamond Notes, brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. And unfortunate news for Yankee fans, they lose to the Milwaukee Brewers 4-1 last night. What does that mean? The standings, they are now four and a half games up on the Toronto Blue Jays, who have won two, and also six games up on the Rays, who won last night as well. As for the Mets, uh, they did take care of the Pirates here at home, 5-1. Thank you to uh, Escobar with a three-run home run. So what does that mean? Look down here with the Mets. Man, Braves are on their behinds, are they not? Uh, They've won three straight. The Mets have. The Braves have won two straight. So the Mets still won up in that National League East against the Braves. That's your Diamond Notes, brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Pick or design the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their six area locations. And with that being said, it is time for Kiwi's Keys to the Game. We just spoke to Rich Samini. We've been talking about this Jets-Cleveland Browns matchup. So, Kiwi, you're on deck. Give us the three keys that you feel the Jets absolutely positively have to do in order to beat the Browns this week. Yeah, so a, a lot has been mentioned about, um, you know, quarterback play, Flacco, oh, maybe we should bring in White. But I think um, the focus needs to be a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at what the Browns have in um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that needs to be the focus. And, and how are you going to do that? So uh, one of the, the first key is you've got to get home with the front. 
right? You've got to be able to stop the run and get home with the front without adding, you know, any more for us. We only had a four down front. And so we said, we got to get home with four. You've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage, get off the field and three and out with the four men up front that are tasked to do that without requiring a blitz, without run blitzes, without, you know, pass blitzes, because the guys behind you, you know, they're learning, they're, they're, they're struggling, they're working through things. So you've got to be able up front to, to take that onus up off of them. And then um, on the other side of the ball, it's the same thing. You have to be able to stop that rush. You have to be able to stop that four-man front. You can't allow them to get sacks or to get pressures or to get TFLs if they're only bringing four people. That's not going to give your quarterback enough time. And you know that you're playing with a quarterback who, um, you know, is not not typically the starter. So you need to be able to give him time. What I was pointing to is, you know, when I watched that Giants game, I saw a lot of offensive linemen on those run plays were down the field. Yeah, they didn't play a perfect game, but they were down the field on a run play. They're down the field and they're one of the first people picking up the running back. That's the kind of O-line play that the Jets need to exhibit out here. So I would say, you know, get home with four, um, you know, stop the run and give your quarterback time and and make that O-line play be the most important that it is. Again, he's Matthias Kiwanuka with his uh, keys to the game. Uh, brought to you by Stoli Elite Ultra Premium Vodka. Enjoy Stoli Elite responsibly. Um, again, Anita Marks and Matthias Kiwanuka. This is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Giants uh, as uh, they're getting ready to host the Carolina Panthers. We're going to have Jordan Renan, who's going to be joining us momentarily. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Um, this is a Giants team, unfortunately, on the defensive side of the ball. Does not look like Thibodeau or Ojolari are going to go. They're both listed as doubtful. Also, even more so, Aaron Robinson, who plays opposite Adoree Jackson, is not going to be active today as well. Rookie, third-round pick from LSU is going to have to step in. So what does that mean? You've got DJ Moore. You've got Robbie Anderson, uh, who I think is really going to make some noise, unfortunately, against this, this Giants secondary and this Giants defense. Also, you've got an upset, angry Baker Mayfield, who lost to his former team last week, so I think he comes in with uh, a little, a little, a little added motivation today against the Giants. And also, Ben McAdoo returns to New York as the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and he came out this week and said Christian McCaffrey has to be more involved in this offense. And unfortunately, you've got a linebacking core that is not good in coverage. Crowder, you've got Hilliard last week with Tennessee, two scoring touchdowns in the passing game. So matchup-wise, this does not look good for the Giants' defense against Carolina's offense. And then on the offensive side of the ball for the Giants, doesn't look like Kadarius Toney is going to play. And if he does, how many snaps is he going to get? He only got seven snaps last week. Richie James was uh, the most targeted wide receiver with Daniel Jones in the Giants last week. He walked away with five receptions for 59 yards. So I expect him to be a big part of the offense for today as well. But at the end of the day, guys, we know it begins and ends with Saquon Barkley. Can he Mm -hmm. have an encore performance against the Carolina Panthers? and, And I said this before the season began. If you follow me in regard to fantasy football, I told you draft Saquon Barkley. He needs to have the season that we've seen. I know it's a small sample size. It's one game against Tennessee but hopefully he can pick up where he left off. So hang tight. We get back. Jordan Renan is going to join us on the program. We'll get some more insight on the Giants. This portion of the show, again, brought to you by Stoli Elite Ultra Premium Vodka. Enjoy Stoli Elite responsibly. Quick break. We come back. We'll kick off Hour 2 of New York Game Day 
hour three of us here on 98.7 ESPN.